This is More Than 5%, a podcast dedicated to covering the stories of women in sports. Whatever the sport, whatever the role, everyone is welcome. Now, let's join our hosts, Zoe Hicks and Carly Jackson, for a weekly conversation with women who inspire. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to More Than 5%, a podcast where we look to amplify the voices of women in sport, whether that be athletes or whoever's involved, coaches, trainers, whatever. Today, we are going to get into part two of our interviews. So last episode, if you didn't listen to that, go back and do that because that was all about me. Um, Today is going to be all about Carly, getting to know her and the second half of this podcast. So yeah, so first of all, we'll start off with our good shit, always. We're going to start with a couple things that just allow our brains to focus on the positive instead of the negative. Carly, you can start off with the good shit today. All right. So we happen to be recording on a Sunday and I had a lovely typical Sunday. I played video games from when I woke up until this point. So I'm having a really good day. That's some good shit. That's some good shit. I spent this Sunday with a bunch of my friends from work. We went to Sedona and went on a hike and then got some pizza and ice cream. And it was one of those like super wholesome days. What kind of pizza? I had the margarita pizza and then they had, it was like pepperoni and kind of spicy, I think they said. And then there was another one that had like artichoke hearts and this like green sauce on it, but they were damn good. Damn good. So yeah, we had like a little wholesome outing of a Sunday. So yeah, that's some good shit. Some good shit. Okay, let's get right into it. As always, I'm Zoe Hicks. This is Carly Jackson. Today, we're going to be getting a little bit more inside of Carly Jackson's brain. Carly Jackson, a goaltender for currently for the Toronto Six, was picked third overall in the 2020 NWHL draft, formerly the NWHL, now the PHF, to the Buffalo Buttes, played there for two seasons in Buffalo. Previous to that was the goaltender for five years at the University of Maine, where she basically rewrote the record book so that her name was in there every single time. Finished up with the all-time records in wins, goals against average, save percentage, and shutouts. So basically, like, all you can do as a goalie, she was like, yep, that's going to be me by the time I leave. I would say that's a pretty decent way to end a college career, but we met playing baseball, so dual sport athlete, always looking to get some sport on. Yeah, so I want to go way back. How did you get into hockey? How did you get into being a goalie? What did that look like for you? At what age? Just start from the beginning. Okay, so I was probably about nine when I started playing hockey, but it started before that because me and my brother, we used to go watch my dad skate in beer league on Sundays. Realistically, it was probably nine, but at that time it felt like 6 a.m. And I remember being really mesmerized by watching him skate. He was always such a beautiful skater and my dad is my hero. So I just looked up to him so much. And I think I fell in love subconsciously with the game because I just was excited by watching it and seeing people skate and and so a couple of years later down the road, my dad made me do like a can skate program. So I learned how to skate first, and then he allowed me to join hockey, which was awesome. So in my first season, I was playing just a regular house league team mixed with boys and girls. And I was a forward because I wanted to score goals. <laughs> and then they asked for volunteers as to who wanted to play goalie because it wasn't a set position at that point because we were so young. And it was my turn. And I went in and I played and I couldn't tell you the score of the game. I have no idea. I just remember I had a blast. And that night, after my dad had put me to bed, he had come in to check on me, and he saw this huge lump in the bed. And he realized that I had worn the full set of goalie gear to bed. So we had played the game, come home that night, unpacked this with smelly gear, and at some point, 
between bedtime and when I actually fell asleep, I was like, yeah, it seems like a good idea to put this gear on. So I went to bed in my stinky smelling gear, best sleep of my life. So I really loved it since then. And uh, yeah, just ignited it right off the bat and then tried to play goalie as much as possible. And then I was still playing four at that point because it was a house league and everybody took turns, but scored, I think my first goal after that. And I was like, yeah, okay, sweet, got one. Now put me back in that. And was your dad okay with that? He was a little bit hesitant, I think, because the goalie gear is so expensive. He was like, ah, crap. Why did my yeah. daughter choose this one? We yeah. should have never let her do it. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> but, stressful. Uh, it's stressful being a goalie parent. That's. Mm-hmm. But I think he likes it now. I am pretty sure he likes it. Okay. He probably grew into it a little bit. Yeah. Figured it out. Yeah. He's a supporter. Honestly, no matter what I would have done, I think he would have been, been like, yeah, go get it. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So played house league. And then the following year, actually, I played my first year of provincial or competitive or however you want to phrase that from wherever you're from so I started playing goalie full-time it was not very good (laughs) I was just there for the vibes but I got better because I had a lot of partners who were better than I was had a lot of people who challenged me who pushed me and I was just so competitive that I was like yeah like I want to do what you do and I want to be as good as you are and I would almost copy these people and be like yeah this guy's really good at making glove saves I think they look so cool I'm just gonna do exactly what you do because I want to look like that and then essentially I just did that throughout my entire career and just got really good at all these skills I picked up from different people and I'd say I was probably pretty average until I was maybe 13 or 14 and then I just took off because I knew it was something that I loved to do so every opportunity I had I would just go so I remember I come from a small community so I remember going on to practice my own team and I would come off the ice and I'd be in the locker room. Somebody would knock on the door. I was in my in only girls dressing room. So I'd be typically by myself and be like, yo, CJ, do you want to come on the ice again? We need a goalie. Like, ah, sure. So I'd put my stuff back on, go out for a second practice with the older kids, come back off the ice. Sometimes I would take my gear completely off again, hear another knock on the door. Hey, CJ, do you want to come on the ice? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. So I'd stay and I'd go on again with the older kids again. Being from a small community, it was fun to be able to do something like that and where people are approachable and friendly enough and they'd start to recognize me around the rink and they'd be like, oh, I know you. You practice with the older kids or the 14U or 17U or whatever. And I got a reputation for wanting to skate. So people would always ask me to come out and I'd be like, yeah, put me in there, coach. Yeah, I grew up in just my small community doing that and just honing every skill I could from everybody I played with. Yeah, for sure. And then when did you get attention from colleges or when did you think, oh, I might want to do this for another four or five years in college? Honestly, if I could tell my like 10 year old self that I hadn't made the Olympics by 16, (laughs) I would have been pissed. (laughs) I had very high expectations as a child. As you should have, for sure. Yeah. Set them high and then go. Yeah. But I would say realistically, like being able to visualize my path and be like, okay, yeah, I want to get scouted. I want to go to college. I want to get my education. I want to play pro. I want to make D Canada, whatever that is. That was when I started to imagine what that would look like for me. Probably around, say, 13, 13, right when I started to realize that I was good or I had a bit of a knack for the sport and being able to understand that I could get a lot better fairly quickly. So I was like, okay, I love this and I'm going to see where it can take me. And I just ran with it. And I had a lot of really supportive coaches. And I think at that time, my goalie coach was like, you have an opportunity here. And if you want to take it, I would love to help you. But if you don't, then that's okay. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Yes, I want to take it. Like train me whenever, like anytime, anywhere I'll be there if, if I can be and if uh, I'm able to. So, yeah, I guess probably 13 or 14. I was like, yeah, I'm going to play in college and then I'm going to go to the pros. That's awesome. And then spent five years at Maine, redshirt year, mm-hmm. and then your four years playing. If you could look back and think of your favorite game or favorite memory from college, what would that be? Oh, I can tell you right now. It was my sophomore season. It was my first playoff series. And at this time, this was the highest that we had ever placed in Hockey East playing with Maine. So 
we were actually hosting Boston University at the Alphonde in Orono, Maine. We had the band there. There was more fans than usual. It was just absolutely electric. We had this huge historic season. So the Bears were buzzing and we we're having a great time. And we won the first game like 3-2. Good game, close game. Grind it out, got the win. It's a three-game series. So whoever wins two first goes on. And then the other team, their season's completely done. So it's high pressure. Second game, we lose by a goal. Another close game, good players. I remember the seniors on their team were like Victoria Bach and players like that who are just phenomenal. And like now I, I look up to them a lot and it's fun that I got to play against them. So we go into game three. It's a 1-1 series. Winner goes on, loser goes home. We enter the third period. I don't know. I think they score within the first five minutes and it's 3-0 going to the third period or in, in the middle of the third period. And we have no momentum. And it's looking bleak for us right now. And Brooke Stacy, who now plays for the Montreal Force, goes out and scores three goals in the third period in 12 minutes. So ties it up, 3-3. I'm getting chills right now. Just amazing. One of the most amazing feats I've ever seen, especially live and when I was playing in that game. So we go into overtime, and Victoria Bach comes down on a breakaway on me, and I nearly shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think she tries to shoot five hole to D ties a rep. Like it was a good team play, but we got a penalty on her essentially breakaway. So I'm like, okay, still shitting my pants. Let's kill a penalty. Anyway, we end up killing this penalty. We go down to the other end of the ice. Teresa Vanasova, Brooke Stacy, make some magic happen and score four to three. We go on. Boston University's done. We win our first playoff series ever. The building's electric. People are cheering. It was absolutely insanity. Like I still get chills now thinking about that game, talking about that game. And it was just like, it's just incredible feats. Obviously big moments from Stacy and a few others, but like just in general to be down like that and come back as a team was right electric. So yeah. I love doing that, that stuff. That's awesome. I love that. That was probably my favorite college memory. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No. So now that we don't have a college memory, you've been playing pro for two seasons. Do you have a favorite professional memory or game or moment or whatever since being a professional and being paid yeah. to hockey? This one's kind of funny because it's against the team that I play for now. So I played for with Buffalo for my first two seasons, the team that drafted me and had an excellent time there. So one of the things we did was an outdoor game. Downtown Buffalo, there's this place called the Riverworks where there's restaurants and there's these outdoor rinks that are like outside. It's like pond hockey, but with glorified stands and dressing rooms and everything. It's like playing pond hockey at a really nice rink. So we have this outdoor game. I've got the eye black on. We've got these specialty jerseys. They're absolutely gorgeous. We're playing against the Toronto Six, who was one of our rivals just due to proximity of those teams. And anyway, we ended up winning the game. It was a three, ended up being a 3-0 game, but it was essentially a 1-0 game, two empty net goals. And we were not supposed to win. Like, I think Toronto was on this very nice winning streak, and we were not on a winning streak from what I remember. So the fact that we had upset one of the best teams in the league and it was just this full team win and being in such a, just a wholesome atmosphere with it being outside. Like I grew up on outdoor rinks. I grew up playing pond hockey outside of my friends. And so to actually get just this really significant win and it ended up being actually my first career shutout in the league was just a really special moment because it just reminded me of being a kid and why I do it. And it was a really special game. And it was pretty funny coming into Toronto this year after I signed here in free agency. And I've heard quite a few chirps about it so far. I've got a little bit of bragging rights under my belt, but it was just a really fun game to play in. Sounds like it. Um, okay, enough about hockey. Honestly, that was a lot for me specifically. No, I'm kidding. But let's reset a little bit. I met you playing baseball. I think it's incredible that you play a high level of baseball as well as like being a professional hockey player. Where does the baseball mix into this whole thing? 
yeah, so I actually started playing baseball first. I'd say probably when I was, I don't know, five years old. Like I, don't, I just I've always played baseball my entire life. The summertime was always baseball season. I would actually argue that I was a better baseball player as a kid than I was a hockey player. So if opportunity would be different in baseball, it might have been something that I would have pursued first or primarily compared to hockey. So yeah, so I played baseball growing up, always on men's teams or boys teams, just because that's what was available or the only opportunity that I had. And then I think I was 15 years old where I heard of the provincial team Nova Scotia, which was an all-female team that would play in men's leagues throughout the summer. And then we would go and play at a national tournament against other provincial teams of all female teams playing baseball in the province. And it's always a very special experience. It's such a unique tournament because you're living in this bubble five, six days and you're competing against girls who go through the same situations as you and the same barriers, the same limitations. So to be able to have that spotlight for those five, six days where nothing else matters is just such a unique part of sports particularly women's baseball in Canada. I think it's a really unique culture. It's a really unique community. It's great competition, and it's just a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, so baseball, I still continue to play it now. I'm actually captain of the senior women's Team Nova Scotia baseball team. So that's a team that has no age cap. It's just from top to bottom, the best 15 in the province. And we've done pretty well, and, and we've had this team for two years now. And so I go home in the summers, and I play for them, and I just enjoy it. Hockey is my job and baseball is completely for fun. So I just try to just do my best, enjoy my time with my teammates and just take everything I can from hockey to be good at baseball and just enjoy it the most because you're in the sun, you're hanging out with your friends, you're chewing some sunflower seeds. It's a really relaxed vibe and I just hang out with the homies and try to hit some dingers every once in a while. Yep, that's yeah, that's the goal. That's it. That's all it is. Yeah. Hit dingers. That's all. Period. Yeah, I was doing my research for this episode, checking out your Wikipedia page and it said oh, wow. because of... Carly Jackson's baseball background, she has a very good glove side as a goaltender. So it's interesting to see how those two things overlap for, for your professional sport. Now, if only um, we could throw pucks, I think yeah. that would be a real <laughs> benefit. Throw it down to the other end. Sure. Just absolute seeds yeah. from one cruise yeah. to the other. Yeah, just a 70 mile an hour. Yeah, one hop them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So as far as since you've started playing baseball in Nova Scotia, have you seen a growth on the women's side, just like pure numbers or teams or, you know, interests? 1000% yes. When I grew up, I honestly didn't even know there was another girl in the province that played baseball. And that seems really silly, but it's true. There was like two other girls in my town who maybe played for a year or two, and but that was pretty much it. And like, we never, I never played against any other teams that had girls on them. Or anything like that. So it was just foreign to me. When I started with Team Nova Scotia, we only had a 16 and under program. And then as there's a strong core of baseball players that were around my age, as we continued to age, we basically were like, yeah, let's keep this team going. Let's, you know, do the practices. Let's do the work. Let's make this happen. And so we went on to have a 21 and under team. And then recently the senior women's team. That alone has been a huge success. But I'd also say actually in my hometown, like I mentioned, there was barely any girls in the program. Maybe one or two every few years, but it wasn't it wasn't flourishing by any means. And actually this summer, in the same baseball program, we had a complete girls league within the town that had three different teams. We had a total of 34 girls registered, whereas that has never, ever happened in our town. Not once. Last year we started, um, I started the program itself and I had about 12 girls. And then this year to have that number almost triple was phenomenal. So we have a bunch of amazing baseball players in Amherst, Nova Scotia, and the surrounding communities. So shout out to the Amherst Athletics. If any of you are listening, keep up the good work, girls. We're just going to keep growing this thing. And I think a few of them might watch this, so I hope they tune in. Yeah, a little Coach Carly plug. 
Got a shameless plug, plug yourself. Speaking of shameless plugs, I want to turn the focus to social media. I know that social media has become really popular in the past decade since it's come on the scene. And you are very open about being gay on social media. Why is that important to you? And what kind of do you hope to do with that authenticity and like no bullshit attitude on social media? Yeah, I like to be very open about just who I am in general. And I think particularly within the queer community, within the LGBTQA community, there's just, there's a lot of room for jokes. Why not make something that, I don't know, maybe used to be awkward or some people have a hard time talking about, why not make it funny? I think anything you can make a joke of, anything you can add some humor to, it makes it a lot easier to talk about and it just normalizes it and it's fun. It's fun. I like making people laugh. I like to have fun. So to just be silly, especially on the internet and make gay jokes or make lesbian jokes or whatever it is, I think that it's an opportunity just to spread a little light to the world and maybe create some positive energy, some positive jokes around being queer and being in the queer communities. So, and then anybody that can relate to it, I think is also, it's fun to joke around with and people will add on parts to the joke and it's just how it's awesome. I love doing that stuff and being able to be a representative too is really important to me, but honestly, it's for the jokes. It's all for the jokes. It's all I for think, the jokes. I think that's really important is just the representation, right? Like just seeing someone, a professional athlete, like being unapologetically themselves. When I was, I guess when I was in the closet in college, you just don't see that on social media. You don't see people outwardly being like, yeah, this is my girlfriend and I love her and we're building a life together. So to kind of be that person, I think is huge to just be able to be like, I'm just going to be me. And if it helps someone, that's awesome. If it makes a conversation easier, if it makes someone feel a little lighter about the subject, the goal is always to just make it normal because like gay people are here, like they're in sports. If you want to admit it or not, like men's and women's sports, statistically, it just makes... It makes no sense that people are like, oh, it just doesn't happen. Yeah, it does. They just don't say anything about it. I mean, just like to make that normal and just to be that person that's, oh, like, I feel better about having that conversation or being more authentic about who I am because, you know, Carly doesn't. She jokes about it. And it's hilarious. You know what I mean? So I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So you've been interviewed a lot in your career. I would say that you were the face of Buffalo while being there just because of yeah, who you are and the charisma that you have uh, when talking to us. What Have you had a favorite interview question that someone asked you that you thought was really interesting and stuck with you? Someone once asked me if cereal was soup. And there's a lot of debate on this here. All right. This is important. Okay. How did you answer um, this question? And I firmly say no. Because I think that soup is defined by being warmed up and cooked. And cereal, I'm sorry, if you heat up your cereal, not oatmeal, cereal, I'm going to think some specific things about you. If you warm your milk up, then yeah, sure, I'll call it soup. But Ooh. Uh, cold milk cereal, no. Hot that's cereal. That's fair. Okay, okay. Yeah. Have you like put more thought into this since you had the interview yeah my first answer was spot on it hasn't changed since i probably think about this every day every day <laughs> i feel really strongly about this you know some things just stick with you anyway no so i would say in all seriousness just previous interviews i it's i wouldn't say that i have a specific question or something that stood out to me over the years but i would say just the people i've met from doing a lot of different interviews and people who followed my story and have broadcasted my story of um i've just formed some really unique relationships with them and being able to just highlight who I am as a person. I feel very grateful for that opportunity always. I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of um, support from my hometown community, from my home province, home country, college towns, like just everybody I've met along the way. I've had a lot of really amazing supporters. So I would say that's probably the most memorable thing about doing some interviews. 
Yeah. And as you grow throughout your career, that's bound to happen. Just building relationships with those people and you get lucky a lot of the time. You get lucky to meet people and then they become important people and all that type of stuff is just awesome. As far as the sports community goes, it's very intertwined. So you can build your little home in there. You really can. You really can. Yeah. So as far as your hockey career has been pretty extensive, is there something that you believe to be fact that you now have changed your mind on or changed your opinion on? For me specifically, I used to think there was a specific swing that all major leaguers were trying to find, right? I want my swing to look like this. I want it to be blah, 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 blah. But since working in coaching ever since I graduated college, I know that there's a, there's an optimal swing for each player. They want to get their A swing off as often as possible, but there's no like perfect swing. So anything like that, you were like, I truly believe this. And then now you're like, I truly do not. (laughs) That's actually, that's a super good point. I think subconsciously and this probably comes from some more toxic parts of society and human nature and just competitiveness in athletics is actually very similar along those lines a lot of athletes compare themselves to others and i mentioned earlier how a big part of my game especially growing up was looking at other people who were better than me and taking things from their game and adding them to mine and i think when i was younger that breeded a lot of mentality of oh like i need to be like somebody else i need to act like somebody else i need to train like somebody else. I need to do this and this. I need to be another person. And I think for a long time, I held on to that. And I think I just went too extreme with it, right? There's a balance between something like that, where you can take useful information and add it to your toolbox. But sometimes that can go too far. And I think there was a few years where I was like, oh my God, like this person is so good at this skill. How do I do that? I need to be another person to be able to achieve this. And then I think it's ironic because I think when I actually took off was hey, this works for me. I'm going to keep doing it. And it makes me happy. It, it's I feel like I'm progressing and this is what I need to do. And this is what works for me to be able to grab hold onto that and just run with it. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand with being open about who you are. And it's it actually went along with when I was coming out. After I think I figured that out as a player, I was like, oh, this works for me. That doesn't. That's okay. As a person, I was like, oh, maybe I'm not straight. I'm not like all the other girls in my high school or even the other girls in my friend group or the guys in my friend group or whatever. So being able to just figure out and be confident in what works for you and maybe it works for a while, maybe it doesn't. I think that there's a lot of strength in that. There's a lot of power in that. And just to give people an example is something, maybe not a lot of high profile athletes or professional athletes, things like that. Diet's super strict. I absolutely love hot dogs. I was fueled by hot dogs growing up. I'm still fueled by hot dogs to this day. Definitely a little bit more balanced. Balance is important. But that will be something I, I probably won't ever give up because it makes me happy and I can make a lot of jokes about it. And it's probably my favorite food in the whole world. Just for those folks at home looking for maybe an example, there's one right there. I literally have that in my notes. I have my next question. Perfect. Hot dogs. We must know more. That yeah. is what I have written down. That's what it's okay. Yeah. What do you want to know? Where, where, like, where did it come from? Like, I know that everyone has hot dogs as a kid and you have it at, like barbecues or whatever, but like, when did you know, like hot dogs? do I know? Thing? Like, um, I was born like this. All right. So <laughs> my God, from my earliest memory, I, I remember born. my grandmother's Jeanette Jackson, total beauty, taught me everything I know. Grammy, I hope you're watching this. I remember eating hot dogs at her house and I just remember being like, yeah, Grammy, can I have some more? <laughs> I'm just crushed. I don't know. I do this now. I'm probably eight to 10 hot dogs in a day, which probably is insane, but I just, I loved them. And I was like, yeah, could I just have another one and whatever. And yeah, the love has just never faded for me. I've tried different kinds. I've tried different toppings. Just, yeah, I could eat them probably every meal of every day for the rest of my life and do it unapologetically. If there's any hot dog companies out there that wants to sponsor me, call me. So please. interesting. So interesting. 
Okay, so hot dogs got us off, off track a little bit, which is fine. But back to actual questions. I want to talk about the All-Star Game. Tell us about that experience and what it meant to you to be selected and to go through all of that and just give us all the deets. Yeah, so the All-Star Game last year was my first. My first year pro, we didn't have one because of COVID restrictions. So last year was my first kind of taste of the All-Star Game as an athlete and just among my friends and in the league. So it was a really really fun experience. So originally it was meant to be in Toronto and because of some COVID restrictions in the time of year, it ended up being moved to Buffalo uh, because no fans would be allowed in Toronto at that time. So the All-Star game was in Buffalo and I ended up actually being voted in by the fans. So it was me and ended up being three other of my Buffalo teammates. So I think that spoke a lot to the strong fan base there. And it was just super fun to be able to have Three more friends that were going with me and I was like okay guys let's go make this really fun and enjoy this experience as much as possible so my role as the goalie that was voted in was I was an emergency backup goalie also known as an e-bug for short so what that meant was I was the backup goalie for all three teams in the all-star weekend so it was awesome because I was just all vibes I was like okay you know this is my role I'm just gonna have a great time be silly and just enjoy the experience as much as possible and be able to say hi to people and meet all these really talented players and coaches and staff who were part of this weekend and just try and grab hold of the whole experience. So it was in Buffalo. I was super pumped. I got a bunch of free food, <laughs> free swag, got to go to the banquets, got to do everything. Like I was just having a great time. So the day of the on-ice stuff, we did like this kind of series of games and shootouts. And I think it was five on five, four on four, and then a shootout. I was able to be on the bench for all three teams for every game. So I'm just having a great time. I'm being silly. I'm wearing... I'm wearing like these rose-esque aviator glasses on the ice. I was wearing this like this hat with my number on it, like this big, this big baseball hat. And uh, I was just like, this is hilarious. Like, I'm just going to make the most of this and just have fun. Just have fun the whole time. I'm on the bench. I'm vibing with these sunglasses. I'm making jokes, chirping the refs, chirping the players, just like having a good time. So I think it was the second game. I was on Sammy Joe Small's team, who, for those of you who don't know, she's a hockey legend. Just, I remember looking up to her as a kid. I actually had our house. I still have it. still in my room. <laughs> it's this picture of the 2002 Team Canada with their gold medal right after they won the Olympics in Salt Lake City. And I just like, idolized that picture. I was like, yes, I want to be one of those goalies. Like, I think I got it when I was like six years old. And it, I kid you not, it's still hanging up in my room. So one of the goalies in that picture, Sammy Joe Small, was the guest coach for that weekend. So anyway, I was on her team and Binkle, my roommate, teammate, and being my teammate for this weekend as well. She goes, yo, see, she's like, do you want to take my shot in the shootout? I was like, are you serious? Because, like, I'll do it. <laughs> well, don't play me. Like, I'll absolutely do this. She's like, yeah, totally. I think it'd be really fun. And I was like, okay. So we're like, okay, how can we how can we add to this? She's like, you should wear my jersey. And I was like, like your Buffalo one? And she was like, yeah. Like, okay, give me five minutes. So I just run down to the equipment room in full goalie gear. And I talked to our equipment manager at the time, Josh. I'm like, Josh, I need to get in this jersey, man. Put the Butte jersey on underneath, and we'll put the All-Star jersey back on over. So goalie gear is pretty big, typically a lot bigger than player's gear. So Minkle's jersey was naturally incredibly small and tight on me with all the big goalie gear on. So I had a person at my front, a person on my back, like basically yanking this thing down. And it was so tight, it felt like I could, you know, like barely breathe. Just It was a tight fit, but I was like, we are doing this. We're going to make this happen. So I get the jersey on with the assist of like 10 people and put the all-star jersey back on, go to the bench, and Vinkle goes out to take her shot. She does her little lap, she does a little wave to the crowd, they announce her name, she's getting ready to shoot, they blow the whistle. She stops, she comes over to the bench, 
She put puts her gloves down in her stick. I come off the bench, take my all-star jersey off to reveal the Vinkle, the very tight Vinkle jersey underneath, grab her gloves, go to do my little lap. I do the wave, do the fancy wave. I'm like, yep, I'm going to sell this. I'm going to absolutely sell this as much as possible. So I do the wave, do a little twirl around, pick up the puck, and I almost eat shit on my face. Like, I tri- I swear, I tripped over the blue line, which is <laughs> something I swore I wouldn't do, but I almost did. And after that, I'm like, oh my god, I almost ate it. I'm still going. I'm still going. Okay. I'm getting pretty close. What the heck am I going to do? And I'm like, okay, just wing it. And I'm just, no thoughts. State of head empty, no thoughts. And I do a little kick, a little fake, and then I just sweep it five hole. And I shoot it as hard as I can. Because any hockey players out there, five hole, shooting five hole is so underrated. It's where I shoot. I, anytime I've ever scored, I've scored there. Just FYI for any of our listeners. Anyway, so I sweep this thing five hole as hard as I can. The goalie gets a huge piece of it. So I was like, oh, crap, like she got it. And as I'm skating by the net, um, like in my follow through, I see the puck crossing the line as I'm also crossing the line. And I'm like, my face just lights up. Oh, my God. And my first thought was, this is the best day of my life, which is hilarious in retrospect, because like I've had a lot of really good days. And I don't know if it would be defined by a day that I got a goal, but it was just so natural. That was my first thought. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is the best day. Nothing will ever top this me scoring a goal right now and uh, so I just I am so excited I like jump into the glass I think I'm like whooping and hollering and I go through the lineup with my teammates I go down on one knee and I'm like high five high five high five it was so fun and I had the I had I still have the mullet but I had this mullet haircut this hat on the, the sunglasses everything so it was just this big show and um it was just it was so fun and one of the coolest parts was afterwards is that clip ended up going semi-viral in the athletics world. A lot of my friends from back home or people that I had met throughout the years had sent the clip to me. I'm like, dude, is this you? This is hilarious. I love the glasses. I love the hair. The goal was sick or whatever. And I actually just still talk about it now. People will be like, oh, what was the All-Star game like? Or what was your goal like? And it was just a really cool memory. And it was fun to just bring the jam and, and just be myself and be silly and to be able to do something like that and have a platform like that. It was pretty cool the way it it was able to be showcased and I had a lot of fun and then I got to wear sunglasses on the ice and I got a goal so it was one of the best days of my life I can confidently say that yeah and I bet the Buffalo fans were going nuts they were amazing crazy (laughs) I remember coming off the ice after the game so the team that I scored for ended up winning like the championship of the all-star weekend and they, they hollered me in they're like yeah Siege come like you scored a goal for us get in the picture and anyway so I got in the picture and I like did this interview, I think with ESPN right after, and some fans had stayed and were near the tunnel where the players went off the ice. And as I'm coming off, like people were chanting like CJ, CJ, and it was just one of the coolest experiences I've ever had, just as an athlete and as a person to connect with the team and the fans and just the sport of hockey like that. It was so fun. I can't even talk about it without smiling. Yeah, hopefully I score more goals in the future. We'll see. Goalie goals. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, it's <laughs> more goalie goals. Next best day of my life. Yeah, you'll just keep racking them up the next best. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that's all I have for like real hard hitting questions where you have to like think about answers and you like talk for a long time. These ones are going to be rapid fire. Answer, move on. Okay. Got it. Done. You getting this? Are you ready? I'm Got ready. Prepare yourself. Okay. So growing up, what was your favorite NHL team? Toronto. And is it still the same? I like that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Who, I mean, do you want me to yeah. elaborate on this or is this the questions yeah. asked? Okay, you can elaborate. I like Toronto just because at the time, like, I knew everyone told me that, yeah, they haven't won in a while. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Like, like my, maybe if I cheer for I them. 
Sounds like somebody I want to cheer for. And I was like, okay, yeah, a little that's... extra loving. Yeah. And now that I'm living in Toronto, yeah, huge Leafs fan. Got to support your people. They're the men's team in the same city that my team plays in. So got to support other parts of the community. Sure. Uh, anyway, my I, yeah, love Toronto. Now, I would say I follow more like players or coaches, but my old goalie coach actually works for the St. Louis Blues. So I follow them and I always cheer for them, for him. And one of my old, very good friends and somebody I went to college with is Jeremy Swayman, who now plays for the Bruins. So I'm really hoping for him. Last year was his first full season in the league. And um, he's, a, he's a hoot. And he's so funny. And just love that guy. So I'm always, so I'm cheering for the Bruins now too, but I'm more of a, I just, I enjoy the sport. I enjoy the people in the sport. So I try to cheer for those people. Fair enough. So you talked about Sammy Joe being someone you looked up to when you were little. Who is your favorite player of all time? All right. My first love, and I'm just going to go with this one because this is my first one, is Eddie Balfour. He was this goalie with this huge eagle on his mask. And it is it, watching him play was what made me fall in love with being, I think, like the whole year goalie deal. Like it was a huge, just like trigger for me to be like, this is so cool. Because <laughs> I just remember how cool his mask was just this. I think it was like a blue mask and it had this bright white eagle on the side. And I was like, damn, that guy is cool. <laughs> that is awesome. So, anyway, I'll go with Eddie. Okay. And who is your favorite hockey player right now? Right now? Ooh. That's a good, you know what I'm going to say right now is Erin Ambrose. She's a player for the Canadian women's national team and she's a defense and she was someone I met probably when I was 17. I was at some team Canada camp and I remember seeing her around um, like the campus we were on and she was in the older group and I was like, oh my God, that person is a leader. Like that person is electric and magnetic and like I was just starstruck by her. And anyway, fast forward to the COVID year in 2020. Her and I ended up becoming homies and we played a ton of Fortnite together, lots of video games, ended up going to Montreal and just hanging out. And anyway, she's a good friend of mine now and uh, she's a phenomenal player and just being able to see her journey and she's been so open about her mental health and she's just someone I look up to a lot. So she's my favorite player, one, because she's fun to watch, but she's also my favorite player because of the person that she is. So shout out to Aaron Ambrose, keep you in a beauty, love watching what you're doing, buddy. Just you're crushing it. So Aaron Ambrose, everybody check her out. Okay, next question. Favorite non-hockey non-hockey athlete. Non-hockey. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. plays for the Toronto Blue Jays. Guys, this guy hits dingers. This guy hits dingers, and that's why I like him so much. There. Just the swagger on this guy, immaculate. Perfect. That's easy. Simple. Okay, now we're getting into it. Pre-game meal. In a perfect world, I would love to say hot dogs. How did I know that was coming? But typically, I would say more of a breakfast for dinner situation, or like a breakfast for lunch, or a breakfast for breakfast. Okay. Do you have any superstitions? No, not particularly. I'm not really a person that's like, left skate first, right skate first, or I have to do this little doodly-doo. But something I started doing a couple of years ago is, as soon as I get on the ice, I go do my little stretching warm-up routine. And before I do that, I just skate a little bit harder than normal, and I spin around really fast so i wouldn't say it's superstition but it's something silly that i like to do and it, it's just fun it's i don't know it gets to get you going and i think it's silly and sometimes people notice and they'll laugh and i guess that's the only thing that i'm like yeah I, I probably should do that before i start playing or else or else or else that might be a superstition if you have the or else there it might be a superstition no you're right the spins sure Spin. are, are, yeah. are a superstition superstition okay what's your go-to cereal oh, cheerios plan i know but oh actually no cinnamon toast crunch Oh, better. Way better. All right. There we are. There we are. Sorry. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Just had to get the brain going. Okay. Who's your favorite singer or artist right now? Oh, Machine Gun Kelly. I used to just, the guy, I used to just be like, ew, I don't like, I don't like his face. I don't like anything about him. And 
something just clicked for me. And I don't know if it's like a mixture of some gender envy that I have for this guy or if I'm genuinely really starting to like his music, but I listen to his stuff all the time. I just love his punk rock vibe. I think that's my aesthetic right now. So I'm really just going all Machine Gun Kelly in my own life. Maybe some of the trouble he gets up to. Just cover yourself in tattoos and get into a lot of trouble and maybe you'll be closer. Maybe. I got to dye my hair pink next. Yeah, true. You never know. The blonde has been around for a while. You might want to switch it up. Switch it up. Okay, last thing. Dream vacation spot. Somewhere cold. Somewhere, honestly, where there's like an outdoor rink, ski hill, snow. I like cold and then having a cozy spot to go. Or anywhere on a beach. Sorry, I'm a little bit. Very different. here. Very different. I'm going to go ski hill. Let's go ski hill. Okay, cool. That's all I have for you at the moment. Is there anything that you would like to add or that you want the people to know about Carly Jackson? The mullet is probably here to stay. Happy to be here. Okay, that's all. I hope you enjoyed getting to know Carly Jackson. I hope you enjoy the episode getting to know me a little bit more. Just just a touch. I just, I'm not competitive, but just a little. Thank you everyone for listening to episode three of More Than 5%. Episodes drop on Thursday mornings. Put the little notifications on so you get notified when new episodes is downloading in your podcast app. Follow us on social medias at More Than 5 PCT and do something nice for somebody. That's your action item this week. Go out of your way to do something nice for someone. Yeah. That's all we have for you. Keep pushing the 5%. Yeah. Take care, everyone. Stay the road. Move the needle. All that good shit. <laughs>